Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast. Today, we're talking about the right Bob for the job. The Spider-Verse is going to look six times better. And we're discussing the trailers from CCXP22 that came out on what seemed like a normal Thursday. But it was actually a Thursday in disguise. All this and everything else that happened this week in Geek. Hey, it's Nate, and if you're joining us for the first time, we are Geekcentric, a podcast celebrating the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things Geekcentric. Now, before we get to this episode, I want to let you know that if you're a huge Star Wars fan like us, we just wrapped our most recent weekly watch club for Star Wars Andar. Andar? Andar? <laughs> let me do that again. We just wrapped our most recent watch club for Star Wars Andor, uh, and all episodes are out now. So if you've seen the show and want to hear our thoughts and speculation for it, then definitely check out those episodes. And if you haven't watched Andor yet, well, all the episodes are out on Disney+, Plus, so you can watch three episodes and then follow along with us three episodes at a time. Oh, and I am so stoked to mention that we will be doing a weekly watch club for yet another beloved Star Wars series. Our Star Wars The Bad Batch Watch Club is coming back for a season two, and all the batches will be joining us. Uh, that's going to be happening in January along with the show. So please come hang out uh, and, and write in so you can be part of the conversation. Speaking of conversation, let me, let me tell you who's joining us for this week in Geek. We have the mushroom-loving Maximal, who's cracking the whip while saying thwip-thwip. She's the mantis of our maniacal menagerie. She's Megan, the mindfulness stone Clara. Wow. Hello. <laughs> I'm always amazed by how you do this alliteration. Hey, it's, it's you know what? Uh, there's actually, I've got some websites bookmarked that have like, <laughs> like I'll literally, I have Google searches for like words that start with M, descriptive oh words that start with M, <laughs> Star Wars words that start with M. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's in my, my history. But I thought a mindfulness stone, I think if you had any of the infinity stones, it would be that one. That I was, think. yeah. Wow. I'm <laughs> speechless. And also on my first ever This Week in Geek. I'm so excited. (laughs) Very excited to have you. But listen, joining us fresh out of the jaws of a Predacon, he's jonesing for more adventures, but he's misplaced his dentures. He's Justin, the Luigi lover, Lawrence. I am a Luigi lover, a hundred percent. I am. I think so. <laughs> How are you? I think so. I'm, dude. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'll, I'll say uh, tudo bem uh, is apparently how you say how are you in Brazil. We got a lot of news out of Brazil uh, recently. A lot of trailers that we're gonna jump into. But before we get to the news and trailers, uh, yeah, I wanted to welcome you, Megan. Your first this week in geek episode. Uh, you've been quite busy, so I didn't think that we'd get you on one of these main episodes until next year. Uh, yeah. But you're here. I'm yeah. here. I made it. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Your your busyness is over. Uh, you were moving. You've moved entire three yes. times, I think, in the last time I talked to you. No at kidding. Towns just vacationing and helping out family and also moved house from an yeah. apartment to a house. So that's exciting. Jeez. And a Jeez. lot of work, but <laughs> it's been fun. Very do you cool, do you cool. enjoy the task of moving? Um, I'm I'm a very organized person, so I when I get to do the moving, sure. 
mm-hmm. but <laughs> there were a lot of people involved and I was also away like oh, no. two days after we moved in. So I kind of got to do packing, but not really. And I sort of got to set up some stuff when we got here, but then I was gone for two weeks. So uh, the last like five days, well, I guess it's been a week now since I've been home. I've been like almost like nesting, but I'm not having a baby. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone else is having babies, Justin. <laughs> I know. I can totally relate to that. It's just like, you know, taking care of your nest and, you know, worrying about everything else that's going on. So I, I'm, I'm definitely on the same vibe. I'm trying to get rid of some stuff, declutter, you know, so I, I can relate. Well, I'm nesting and I just keep buying more and more things and that keeps surrounding <laughs> me. So um, <laughs> speaking of something that I might buy, we got some breaking news. Uh, before we get to the actual news, I don't know if you two saw, but the release date for Star Wars Jedi Survivor has potentially been leaked. According to Tom Ivan over at VGC, the sequel's release date accidentally went up on Steam before promptly getting taken down. Uh, the release date was listed as March 15th. Alongside a new date came a few new images of some pre-order bonuses, which I just recently sent to you guys. You can check those out, uh, including new outfits and weapons for Cal Kestis. I am so stoked for this game. Uh, those pre-order bonuses look fantastic. I'm so happy to see that it's not just ponchos. Like the first game, <laughs> don't get me wrong, it yeah, was fun yeah, to collect yeah. ponchos. But after your 19th <laughs> poncho, I'm like, I don't know if we need more ponchos. <laughs> Say poncho again. Poncho. Yeah. How many ponchos can you fit into this sentence? Um, <laughs> the pre-purchase, like deluxe edition features like what they call it the the scoundrel cosmetic and then the yeah Rebel it's supposed hero. to be like a han and it's solo very, like yeah mm. han solo skin or like a a luke skywalker i don't know i prefer the ponchos then you know what i mean at <laughs> least at least they were to to his character you yeah. know what i mean rather than trying to like knock off what you've already done but i do really like the hermit uh skin uh, i feel like it really does resemble the idea of like being inspired from what what's come from the jedi style because that looks like a robe but is it a robe that he's wearing it, in the first one well it the, says the, the hermit. hermit cosmetic so i'm guessing it's like an old obi-wan mm. sort of hermit obi-wan style uh yeah, and that kind of yeah. looks like obi-wan's it lightsaber does. the right? lightsaber so, yeah the hermit yeah. Li- lightsaber set definitely looks good it's interesting though that they're skinning this game with sort of prefabs from past movies isn't yeah. it, you know what i mean Rather yeah like than, adjusting their outfit yeah and giving it more of a personality of like who cal kestis is you know what i mean rather than trying to emulate those existing well, but things but cal <laughs> kestis is a poncho so <laughs> we know exactly. exactly he is he is a poncho come on he is he's red dead dude. redemption I'm digging the BD1 R2D2 skin. I was just like, gonna say that. <laughs> that's dope. That's so dope. It I'm looks so really cool. Uh, these yeah. images look great. Um, the fact that this is like on a Steam page, it's all legit. It seems all official. That March 15th date does seem correct. And we're getting a new trailer for this uh, game with gameplay footage at the Game Awards on Thursday, uh, which I cannot wait for. And and I'm sure we'll have to talk about at some point. But March 7th, um, Sam Meggs is going to be releasing Star Wars Jedi Battle Scars. Uh, So maybe I'll actually read a book, you guys. I I don't know. I'm thinking about it. I'm I'm sure sure they'll have it in an audio book. I might actually, if they have it in an audio book, then I I would do it that way. It's like, I felt the force of Darcy speaking through you just then. Exactly. Manifest. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Very cool. Well, listen, uh, before our planet gets invaded by animal-shaped robots, let's get to the news. It's all about the details. 
All right, our first news story, Disney Shocker. Uh, I mean, it's a bit of an older news story, but we just, as Disney fans, we have to talk about it. Bob Iger returning as CEO, Bob Chappick exit. This comes from Alec Weprin at The Hollywood Reporter. In a, sun- in a stunning turn of events, the Walt Disney Company says that Bob Chappick will step down as CEO with Bob Iger returning to lead the company. Disney's board of directors announced the decision in late November. Quote, we thank Bob Chappick for his service to Disney over his long career, including navigating the company through a- the unprecedented challenges of the pandemic, said Susan Arnold, chairman of the board, in a statement. Continuing the quote, the board has concluded that, uh, that as Disney embarks on an increasingly complex period of the of industry transformation bob Iger is uniquely situated to lead the company through this pivotal period uh while Iger will be returning to his old role the board also made it clear that his uh, new term will be a temporary one i believe they're looking at about two years with a mandate from the board to set the strategic direction renewed for renewed growth and to work closely with the board in developing a successor to lead the company at the completion of his term, the board said. Uh, the answer to the question, who will be Iger's successor, is sure to be hotly debated, given that much of the prior decade saw a wave of executives speculated as a possibility only to exit or be passed over. Iger set, uh, stepped aside as CEO in February 2020, handing the reins over to Chappick, who previously led the company's theme parks and consumer products division. Iger continued to serve as ch- executive chairman of the company, stepping down from that position just 11 months ago. In a letter to Disney employees, Iger wrote, quote, I know this company has asked so much of you during the past three years, and these times certainly remain quite challenging. But as you you have heard me say before, I am an optimist. And if I learned one thing from my years at Disney, it is that even in the face of uncertainty, perhaps especially in the face of uncertainty, our employees and cast members achieve the impossible, end quote. So again, this is older news, um, but we're huge Disney fans. We're going to talk about this. It's going to stay relevant for what seems like at least two years. Um, so, <laughs> folks, what are your thoughts on this news? And what changes do you hope this brings for the Walt Disney Company? Well, I'm so happy to have the Bob we love and trust back. And <laughs> I, I'll i give it to Bob Chapek for dealing with the pandemic and dealing with Disney through the pandemic. But there was a lot that happened with him that um, I think can be argued pretty heavily was not good for the image of Disney. Um, And I think that having Bob Iger back is a great way to mold a new CEO that will be influential and forward-thinking and, you know, look at all things that matter that need to be shown in Disney format. Um, You know, I would love for the new CEO not to be named Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, maybe a female. Yeah, I was going to say maybe a Barbara. A Barbara comes in. Yeah. Um, You know, obviously it would be incredible to see a female, see BIPOC, see LGBTQ plus at the head of something like this. That's a huge ask. I don't think it's impossible, but at least getting a couple things in there that are really important to have it ahead of Disney um, would be really, really incredible. And also, I think it's important to have somebody who knows Disney inside and out and not just like a business person. Um, yeah. Right, because Chappick was very much a business 
person, right? Like, and that's kind of Sales where, uh, where stuff, he right? was sort of focused, right? And I think Iger is more of a visionary, like mm-hmm. bringing in Pixar, Lucasfilm, Marvel. Uh, these are really impressive things. And I know it wasn't just Bob Iger alone, but but to to kind of spearhead that, I think I think Chappic coming from more of the park side honestly didn't really do a ton to improve the parks since he took over. And I, and don't get me wrong, dealing with a pandemic, I'm sure we, no one's parks. done it before. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it absolutely is understandable some of the changes that had to come. But I think as we've sort of seen the, the some of those um, restrictions relaxed a little bit uh, as we've grown through these three years of the pandemic, it doesn't quite seem as though Disney has fully gotten back to that place with their parks um, to the place where where, you know, you can kind of go and have this extremely magical experience without the stress of reservation systems and, and, and Genie Plus and what have you. And I think I think there's a lot to be said about kind of having a bigger focus on that. But I also think Iger has the ability to focus on more than just that. I think he has the ability to focus on the experience you have when you leave the park. And what is that all about, right? And I think I think between him and Josh Tomorrow, uh, who's who's going to be, you know, he's the lead for, for Disney Parks. Like, I think both of them are really going to kind of utilize that partnership really well because I think Iger very much like, in my mind, I always think about Steve Jobs, is the kind of person that surrounds themselves with incredibly smart people and, 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 you know, utilizes their talents to get the job done. And I just don't know if we really saw that uh, from from Chapek over his, uh, you know, long term, I guess. 11 (laughs) 11 months. It's the shortest period. Like, we forget that it's been only 11 months and he's already out. So you guys are both right. They focused on experience rather than the creative. And I think Iger did so much of the creative in Mm -hmm. his 15 years with, you know, the acquisition of Pixar, Marvel, Lucasfilm, 20th Century Fox, and then starting and kicking off a streaming service. It was all about content. It was all about the experience outside of the parks, as you were describing, Nate. So, you know, the shift of trying to say, oh, well, Chapnik will drive Disney for the experiences now. We'll, we'll push the parks. It definitely didn't work, especially during a pandemic when things should be kind of scaling back. I think with Iger's return, we will see a shift in focus for, for the company back to creative, focusing on probably, you know, streaming content and, and the straight to consumer. Um, but also, you know, there's been a lot of unverified reports that Iger could be looking at the books of, you know, where spending will be going. Uh, for up and coming projects, Marvel Studios being included in that. And who knows, maybe, you know, some of their movies do get scaled back. Maybe this is part of the reason why we were hearing some of those uh, discussions about series being turned into special presentations for more more cost effective purposes. Um, But all this to say that with Iger's return, it will be a benefit. It will be interesting to see how the company shifts, because clearly Chapnick wasn't right for the company moving forward. Totally. And I think there's also a part of the film side of Disney that has dwindled a little, in my personal opinion. I think we've had really incredible leads of movies like On Turning Red, um, you know, Ryan the Last Dragon was good. I didn't see Strange World. I know you guys did. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but I haven't heard glowing reviews of that movie. <laughs> so yeah, we, we we thought it was uh, it was a little mid. I think Darcy liked it the most out of out of the three of us that watched it. But um, but yeah, no, I, I think and a lot of that has to do with sort of just an incredible lack of marketing for that movie, unfortunately. And um, and again, is this something that back. we might see? They pulled back, right? Yeah, exactly. They, I honestly believe that. Again, with Iger stepping back in, it's going to be about the content again, mm-hmm. not about the experience. I think they made the shift and, well, the parks just kind of fell apart with the pandemic. So they have to revert back. Yeah. They have to go back to the content because content is is the thing right now. People are watching shit and enjoying stuff, right? So uh, I think, again, it'll influence the parks and it'll be in the parks. I'm wondering if even what Josh was, was pitching at um, D23, if some of that's going to be scaled back. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also think, too, they were forcing, I guess, if Bob Chapek's head of sales or Mer- what is what's it? What was that position that he had? Nate? Theme parks and uh, consumer products division. Consumer products. I mean, I guess that's more, you know, physical things. But experience. when you when you experience, have a Yeah. Yeah. When you have a consumer brain and you're thinking about experience and expenses and things like that, you know, these the Disney branded movies were either you had to pay a premium to get access to them the moment they were meant to release or Mm -hmm. eventually when we got to go back to theaters they would be in theaters before they were on Disney plus and I found that they shafted some of their other like companies like Pixar was all on Disney plus immediately Mm -hmm. made no extra money other than the Disney plus monthly fees um, until Lightyear I'm pretty sure it was the first Pixar movie to go back to theaters. So, and those movies are better than a lot of their Disney Disney movies. No, I I totally agree. I think they, they shift the marketing and they were focused on using the theater experience for the Disney studio stuff. They, they, and and also the premium, you know, where you had to pay more as, as you were mentioning Meg, but Pixar, Marvel, even Star Wars, like these are big name brands that they're using to, draw more eyes to the platform of Disney plus uh, without that extra charge, without that surplus. Um, So it's an interesting strategy, but you know, they did have that whole debacle with, with black widow and it was a premium, you know, a premium purchase off of Disney plus that did not go well for the company uh, um, overall. But you know, with 2023, just around the corner, I'm certain that we're going to get more in theater experiences. I don't think we're going to have as many of these movies being pushed to streaming or, or shifted, you know, things would have to go get worse um, for, for us to kind of see that. So, but we'll see what happens. You know, this change, I think Iger's on a bit of cleanup duty, right? Not just from the negative things that happened over Chappick's rule, but you know, I think a lot of those things that happened during Chappick's rule were within Disney's control. Uh, and, and you know, he was part of dropping the ball there. But I also think there was a lot of things that were out of their control with the pandemic specifically. And For so sure. I think Iger is, is you know, smart enough that, again, he's not the one to enact that change everywhere. I think beyond his partnership with, with Josh tomorrow, though, I do think, you know, I think he's going to I think he's going to kind of remain in that side of like, you know, I, I get that they need to find a way to get money back, but but I, I feel like he's going to just say, Kevin Feige, continue to take the reins, continue to make those decisions. I don't know how much of sort of a scale back that they might do. I do know, though, that out of all of this, I think I was happiest mostly 
for the cast members. I think that made me the most happy. You know, there's a lot of cast members that have been working there for a long time who had a really phenomenal experience when he was He was Steve Jobs uh, CEO. Yeah, he was Steve company, right. Yeah. And so so to to have him back, I think that's going to be his first focus is cast members. It's it's like anything with retail with with any experience, any customer service experience, if your employees are are happy if they're beyond happy if they're passionate to be doing their jobs, you're going to give a magical experience to your customers. And I think that's kind of his main focus, especially seeing that like the first thing he did as soon as this was announced is he he did a town hall and and spoke directly to uh, his employees. Do you think that we're going to get the Disney store back in Canada? <laughs> I, I think probably if they're not, trying but... to save money, probably, probably not. No, I, I honestly think that they should just, they just need to make the online capabilities a lot easier. Yes. And, yes. And that's, that's all they need to do. Yeah. Remove those crazy shipping costs, like find a way. I think we're going to see most likely reservations in the parks uh, start to go away in terms of reserving a park day. I think we're going to see how they, they might update how that system works, how Genie Plus works. Uh, and I don't think these things will happen right away. I think they have a higher chance of happening sooner, though, now that Iger is back. And it's going to be really interesting to see at the end of the two years, A, what has changed within those two years, uh, and B, what are the plans going forward? Who will be that successor? Uh, and how are they going to hopefully continue to instill what Bob Iger has done such a great job of doing uh, as CEO. Um, yeah. You know, we'll have to see you know, in the multiverse of all the Bobs in the world, you know, and that actually reminds me of another multiverse. Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse will have six dominant art styles. This comes from Ben Travis at Empire who writes, when Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse hit cinemas in 2018, it broke computer-generated animation as we know it, remodeling the medium in front of our very eyes into something that felt entirely new. Playing around with frame rate, multiple animation styles, comic book textures, and more, it ripped up the rulebook and wrote its own. One in perfect sync with the origin story of incoming hero Miles Morales. But if that wasn't ambitious enough, Miles' next adventure is about to double down on everything that made the first film so special. So much so that 2023's Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse isn't just one sequel, it's two. A double whammy of multiverse hopping madness set to conclude in 2024's Beyond the Spider-Verse. Uh, that wild ambition means eye-popping visuals are about to get even more dazzling too. Quote, the first film had one animation style that dominates the movie. This movie has six, laughs returning producer Phil Lord. Quote, uh, so we're taking those tools and adding all the things we learned on the Mitchells versus the Machines and then growing them further to accommodate the ambition of this movie, which is to wow you every time you enter a new environment and also to make sure that the style of the movie reflect the story and that the images are driven by feelings as opposed to some egg-headed art project, which it also is, by the way. Um, as the title Across the Spider-Verse would suggest, expect an epic trek through, uh, through various spider realities. Uh, quote, the two that you saw in the teaser trailer, which was released uh, earlier um, were what's called Earth 50101, uh, which we're calling Mumbatton, uh, which you know, it's based on an Indian comic book uh, look, and it's like Mumbai and Manhattan, which is awesome. Uh, and then Nueva York from Spider-Man 2099's world uh, explains producer Christopher Miller, uh, and that's based on Sid Mead 
style illustrations uh, of what the future might look like. And then there's also Gwen's World, which is Earth 65. uh, And that was a watercolor wash style that's reminiscent of the covers of her comic books. Miles Morales' journey has just begun and the Spider-Verse awaits. So this news has me so hyped. If you can't already tell while I'm reading all this and trying not to like freak out, um, it was recently announced. We're also going to get be getting a, another uh, trailer um, for this, more than just a teaser trailer, a full trailer on December 13th, uh, which we'll definitely be covering that, maybe in a trailer drop, maybe in a watch club. We'll see how it works out in the, in the time-wise. Uh, but in the meantime, what kind of styles do you think we're going to see in this upcoming sequel? I mean, I'm the animation artist of the group, but uh, I'd, I could not wrap my head around this. Six different like dominant art styles throughout an entire movie. I was blown away by the first one because it, it literally dropped animation on its head and flipped it around and did something I've a lot of us have never seen before. The little moment... Um, when he said, we're going to use what we learned on Mitchell's versus the Machines, really sparked my interest because I got to participate in some lectures over Zoom during Mm -hmm. the Lightbox Expos that have been happening over the last two years online. And um, the director, he was mentioning that they created a new animation to animate line art on top of the character animation. So like... All of the rigging points that would happen in a body are also on the line art separately, which is so intricate and crazy to think about. So I really hope that they bring something like that into this where it feels 2D, but it also feels very 3D, which I think is so, so cool. Um, Obviously, keep the comic book style with the little dots and the like bam and the sort of staccato movement that you feel when you're watching the original movie. Um, And then a couple extras that I sort of hope to see were like a sketchy black and white, which they kind of did in the first one. With Spider-Man Noir? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But I'm, I'm feeling more the like illustration side of things rather than like block black and white. Okay. I think that. Yeah, I think that would be super cool. Um, I would love a like impressionist style world with like uh, inspiration from Monet and French impressionism. I think it would be so beautiful. You know that painting of A Day at the Park? Mm -hmm. Imagine that animated. (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man. Crazy. (laughs) That would be so cool. And if any movie's going to do it, I feel like these guys at Sony Animation can figure that out. Can pull it off. Yeah. Yeah. I think all of what you've described makes sense, you know, to have outline animate on its own separate from the actual body that it's rigged to. It's like gives it a little bit more of a two dimensional and a three dimensional space. But yeah, this movie's reinvented animation. It 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 kind of in many ways showed what's possible when you do think outside of the box. And there's such a collage of aesthetics and 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 styles that are featured in in into the Spider-Verse that you know, you have to go big and bold with it in this one. And I'm, I'm really happy that that's their commitment. That's they, they that's the success point for them beyond just everyone loving the story of Miles and everything is 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 the bold venture that they took in in the field of animation, in the filmmaking style of the animation that they're doing. And they they want to go bigger with that. Right. You know, one for best animated feature at the Oscars. So I think it's going to challenge. It's going to push those boundaries. But in terms of what styles, honestly, <laughs> I don't really care. 
I just want to see <laughs> I just want to see some new stuff, right? Like yeah. if it could feel like some of the stuff that we saw in that teaser was so vivid and unique to itself. It, it looked amazing on its own. I'm I'm gonna be pleasantly surprised when I see it maybe show up in a trailer and we get a we get a sense of what those six styles might look like. You know, do they go full like anime? We've seen into the different um styles already sort of with with the backstories of the other spider characters that were featured into the spider-verse so if that's what miles is going to be moving through something like that but maybe not necessarily exactly what we've already seen it'll be interesting it'll be cool to see what they what they have in store for us yeah the the earth 50101 uh mumbatton like seeing i think it was i think it's the spider-man that oscar isaac is playing um, oh, Spider Man. He's twenty ninety nine. Twenty ninety nine, and so we see you're kind of what you were mentioning, Megan, of like the body rigging where he's he's moving forward, but then his colors are like sort of splashing off of him as he moves forward, and it's just so freaking cool. And that's just in a teaser. So to I think this is going to be an insane uh, feast for the eyes. I'm I'm so stoked. I think honestly all of what you've already both just mentioned in terms of styles. I'm like, yeah, give me a Spider-Man in a Ghibli art style would be incredible. Can we bring on some additional guest artists uh, to come in and, and work on those parts of the film? And, and the idea that we're going to be getting six of them, the only thing that I hope is that it f- still feels balanced in a way I do I don't I I I just hate the idea of like being like I love this part of the movie and then like none of the rest of the movie looks and feels that way so I think if they can find a way to blend it um maybe by giving us a different character from each of those worlds like in the first movie um that tags along with the overarching adventure that might be a cool way to sort of keep that going um so that it, it can feel balanced but that's kind of yeah, dude, I I would be so stoked for it. Yeah, I'd love to give just like a quick little shout out to one of their head um, designers and landscape artists. His name mm-hmm. is Patrick O'Keefe, and he's really responsible for that like painterly look on the landscape where all the characters are very like comic book looky and you know staccato whatever, but the the backgrounds look like they're washed in that like New York texture and vibe and i hope that that still resonates and stays within the next two movies as well absolutely well we are about to find out and hopefully i don't want them to show us all six animation styles uh, or if they do just give us quick like little snapshots in this trailer i don't want trailer spoils too many things but um i that being said my eyes are going to be glued all over that trailer come december 13th and We'll be sure to kind of chat about it and talk about it here on the podcast as well. Uh, But in the meantime, um, that is it for news. Uh, We've got so many trailers to go to. Special thanks to CCXP22. Shout out to Brazil. But even more than that, there were other trailers that were released that we haven't talked about yet. Um, So listen, break out your banjos because it's trailer time. All right, our first trailer uh, for the Super Mario Bros. movie. This is directed by Aaron Horvath and Michael Jelinek and produced by Chris Melodandri and Mario creator himself, 
Shigeru Miyamoto. Uh, from Illumination, though, comes a new animated film based on the world of Super Mario Bros. Starring Chris Pratt, Anya Taylor-Joy, Charlie Day, Jack Black, Keegan-Michael Key, Seth Rogen, Fred Armisen, Kevin Michael Richards, and Sebastian Maniscalco, and Kari Payton, as well as Charles Martinet, Eric Bauza, uh, and they are both uh, voicing undisclosed characters at this time. The movie, uh, it will be in theaters in North America April 7th, 2023, and in Japan in April, on April 28th, 2023. I think maybe the first time in my entire life that Japan has gotten something after after North America, especially something from Nintendo. Um, but listen, both of you, what are your thoughts on the Super Mario Bros. movie official trailer? Let's a go! Come on, <laughs> this looks great. This this looks fantastic, man. Yeah. Uh, the the animation style is beautiful. Uh, it is obviously incredibly reminiscent of everything we know and love of of Mario and the worlds that he's from and the galaxies he's from, the games that we love, and uh, I just love how you can still see the nuance of of a still something that feels like personal to this movie uh in in the animation of mario and luigi and even bowser like bowser looks like jack black like they really did do a great job of trying to mold the eyebrows and stuff like that exactly and you know what i, I know everyone's harping on on pratt and i gotta say I, I don't mind it i i really enjoy his his i guess his new yorker pratt <laughs> voice uh, if you will um so it's not bad yeah I'm, I'm very excited to see how they're going to bring everything from all of the games into this one movie to end the trailer with a mario kart scene obviously Dude. is is incredible <laughs> so but to see the tanuki suit that looks like i like he's flying like a iron man. man yeah like it's it's absolutely yeah. Stunning. So I'm very excited for this movie. I'm more excited than I, I would be because I'm a fan of Mario, but I don't think I'm like a diehard fan of Mario. And to go on that Tanuki thing, I love when Peach gets the fire in her hand and then she becomes like fire Peach. And I love that. I think that's such a cool concept to bring those like other mechanics from the game into this movie. You know, we have regular 2D Super Mario looking levels. We've got Mario Kart. We've got like almost... uh like the DK games in this as well. Look like um, Smash. And Smash yeah, Bros. Yeah. <laughs> like literally everything they could possibly throw into this. I'm stoked. Like you said, Justin, the visuals are beautiful. And I love that they didn't really stray too far from the classic designs of the characters. Um, you know, like Sonic almost did. <laughs> yeah. It was, you know, it, it makes me really happy because then you can still get that nostalgic feeling when you watch these characters and see them. And again, voice acting. I wish there were more actual voice actors in these movies mm. rather than just casting names. Um, one specifically for me personally, she does a great job, but I don't hear Peach when I hear... Um, Anya Taylor-Joy. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, it's just not... It It doesn't take me out of the film or of the character, but it just doesn't feel as, like, character-y as maybe the other people, like Charlie Day playing Luigi sounds amazing to me. And one last little moment on that Chris Pratt talk. Um, it's his final wahoo at the end that I was like, okay, you got me. I'm, I, I like don't think it. that's him, though. 
I don't no? think that's him. I think that I think that is uh, the original voice. That's I was Martin listening Mayer. to I it, Justin, because I heard I you say that. Him. I think yeah. I also agree with Megan. It's- I think that's him. There's a moment when they're going when he does the jump onto Rainbow Road, where he go- where you hear like a, ah, bah, 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 bah. that is Charles Martinet for sure. And I think that's how they're going to implement Martinet into this to almost give it away where with Nintendo they're they're really protective over this stuff. I mean, you know, that first Mario movie back with with uh you know, the the original one with Leguizamo and uh, and Bob Hoskins, um, you know, I I they were really hurt by that movie. <laughs> so so for them to be really protective over their stuff, I think the idea is we're, we maybe we won't get a game in the future that is voiced by with all these characters. There will be the Mario cinematic universe, and there will be the Mario exactly. game universe. And Martinet exactly. will always be, and and you know the voice of Peach will always be that version, those versions of the characters. I do think though, with Anya Taylor Joy um, as Princess Peach, we're getting a badass Princess Peach. Her in the in the biking outfit, and she's like ready to go to war is so when she cool. She whips that staff around. Yeah, and I think yeah. the idea behind that, in terms of like bringing in Anya Taylor Joy, I agree with you. I would have loved more voice actors in this. We, you know, Kari Payton is is voicing King Penguin, Eric Bauza, uh, friend of the show, we'll just say Eric Bauza <laughs> uh, from Retro Kid. Um, he's, he's, uh, I believe, I think he, it says undisclosed role, but I think he's like one of the Koopa Troopa guys. And and so there's some voice actors there that are, are you know, getting these smaller roles. But I think the, the idea behind Anya Taylor-Joy as Princess Peach is to separate for audiences to say exactly. this is a badass yeah. princess peach we're giving you sort of a more of a a movie-fied version but this yeah. this I, honestly when they announced the cast of this everyone on the internet was giggling everyone was laughing everyone's like this is gonna be terrible like honestly i was like this is gonna be horrible coming they're gonna it's gonna they're gonna minionify uh mario and i will just say this looks so freaking good this is so visually impressive the hair textures the fur textures illumination is fantastic and i think that's something that i might have forgot from a visual standpoint from a storyland stand or story standpoint Every time I watch this trailer, I see new details in in this, and I feel like it's going to be that way throughout the entire movie. Someone pointed out the other day to me that they're like, yeah, Diddy Kong and, and his girlfriend are in the background of one of the moments. Like, I'm like, what? It's so cool. And so I think the, the fact that you're right, Justin, the, the fact they've managed to stuff so much of the Mushroom Kingdom, stuffed Mushroom Kingdom, uh, into one movie is so cool. Um, I just, yeah, like, I'm, I'm stoked for everything you mentioned. The Yoshi stampede, looking straight out of Smash Bros. with the multicolored Yoshis in that one, in that one they you know, mini game. Oh, yes, they do travel <laughs> in herds. Um, but, like, yeah, like, even even the map, giving us, like, the Aztec Kong world, the, the frozen penguin area, Bowser's kingdom in the sky, like, the tubes that we see Mario and Luigi flying through brought me back to my Twitch streaming moments of streaming <laughs> with you, Megan, and, you know, going through Mar- Super Mario 3D World. Like, those are the glass totally. tubes uh, from yeah. that game. And it's also dope to see Mario and Luigi plumbing. Um, I'm wondering <laughs> if we might get a moment with Shigeru Miyamoto that that's his house that they're plumbing. They're doing some plumbing for its golden toilets and everything like they they play up this sort of like rich, you know, owner of Nintendo character um, oh would be really, really fun or, or, you know, that sort of thing. Or maybe he's come up with a character 
uh, of a uh, it would be awesome to see like a a fake version of Mario. Maybe Wario is the is the Mario in their universe or something like that. Like that <laughs> that this this person has gotten rich off of. I don't know. I think it'd be really really fun. Um, and shout out to Charlie Day as Luigi. I think if everyone's upset about Chris Pratt. Everyone is in love with Charlie Day as Luigi, yes. or at least I am, because like, yeah. dude, freaking incredible. I um, I will, I will admit, getting a hair pulled out of your mustache is one of the most painful things. So whatever information he gives Bowser in that moment, I'm, I'm totally okay with it. I think I can <laughs> forgive him. Unlike how many people aren't willing to forgive Star Lord for the things he did under pressure, um, which maybe we'll, we'll talk about a, a little bit later. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's crazy. Do you, do you think there's anything more that they could do? I mean, there's already a Donkey Kong movie announced. Um, you know, we were kind of talking offline about some other ideas. Did you have any ideas of things that you'd want to see beyond this Mario movie? Well, I love that. Um, I know in our off topic or off chat conversation that, uh, Darcy was mentioning a Luigi's Mansion series. Like, I I would watch that. I've never really played those games, but I would love to see more Charlie Day. <laughs> so I would it. definitely watch that. Yeah, yeah. Captain Toad uh, Treasure Tracker <gasps> shorts. Yes. <laughs> and then and then like um, we could get his. We could get uh, what's her name? Uh, Toadette. Toadette. Oh my gosh. Of course, the resident Toadette. Cast expert by here. me. <laughs> yes, absolutely. They, they, um, yeah, I, I love that you call out that it's it is the you know the the cinematic universe because like everything about this trailer very much leans into that that notion of of creating a new iteration of of mario in the cinematic world and like listen to the music it's it's like a movie score but it is with the theme song that we we know and love and then you have you know this commitment to animation um you know I, i love the fact that you know nintendo didn't push to try to like do another live action it, it just wouldn't work you know what i mean like it needs to live in a world that it feels very familiar to it but also can tell you know really great stories i like i love the games don't get me wrong but like the stories that are going on you don't really get to appreciate them as much and i feel like here they have the opportunity to really you know push narrative uh experience with 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 mario so yeah yeah i completely agree with that because again i was saying that um Mario's the same story every time. Save the damsel in distress from Bowser or whoever. And how many times can they really tell that story? But throwing in all these characters, having these voices, making it really cinematic gives them the opportunity to create new stories with these characters to go in so many different directions. Yeah. And it's kind of wonderful that there isn't as much of a story already there that they can you know quote unquote ruin for the fans right like i think it's there's 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 the (laughs) canon there's the lore of them you know being being plumbers in um where are they from are they from new york no brooklyn right in brooklyn and and we're even getting that which is fully canonized now that they are gonna be in brooklyn the brooklyn bridge is in one of the posters that they showed um yeah shout out to brian tyler for doing the music taking koji kondo's original theme and and just elevating it so much i'm so excited for the score with this movie um but yeah i think the only other thing i'd really want is a mini series kind of like succession but with the koopa kids give us the (laughs) give us like the dark drama filled like koopa kid succession story i think it'd be really really fun um but let's go to our next trailer 
Uh, this one for Transformers Rise of the Beasts, directed by Stephen Cappell Jr. In 1994, a pair of archaeologists from Brooklyn come into an ancient conflict through a globe-trotting adventure that ties in with three factions of Transformers, the Maximals, the Predacons, and the Terracons. This, is, uh, this movie stars Peter Cullen, Ron Perlman, Peter Dinklage, Pete Davidson, Liza Koshy, Michelle Yeoh, Christo Fernandez, John DiMaggio, David Sobolov, Michaela J. Rodriguez, Anthony Ramos, and Dominique Fishback, and will be exclusively in theaters June 9th, 2023. Let's roll out uh, with your thoughts. What did you guys think of Transformers Rise of the Beasts? I'm, I'm a Transformers fan. Um, I've stuck with it. They're not all good, for sure. <laughs> um, like, the first one's the best one, and they, they really do fall apart after that. This feels like, you know, when after we got through the Michael Bay era and we got into Bumblebee, things looked really good. Mm -hmm. uh, this was, you know, Bumblebee was a fantastic film that really did focus on the relationship of of Bumblebee and Hilly Steinfeld's character I I in the movie, and it had the, the typical sort of action of, you know, chase down this alien but what they're doing here is they're definitely using that film as a launching point for this mm. because apparently this doesn't tie into anything with the Michael Bay. It's like it's slightly influenced, but not really. Um, so it just feels like we're reverting back to the Michael Bay sort of style very quickly. Mm -hmm. this, this feels very bloated uh, to a certain degree. But I don't know. I, I'm still like I'm still going to go check it out. I'm, I'm still very interested. I loved beasties or, or beast wars as they're known in the u.s yeah. it's like once since i was a kid and, <laughs> you know watched it all and i was committed to watching it every week every i think it was like what what day was it coming out it was during the week and it was in the evenings on ytv oh yeah dude i remember and i would like i would like wait and then after that i would like go to bed or something like that i remember but um yeah it, it, this is def definitely hitting the childhood nostalgia i'm just i'm interested to see how they're going to do this because it looks bigger than it needs to be because mm -hmm. i think you and i nate were talking about like like what if they went down the route of of like how you know bc's or beast wars was where it was like there were no humans yeah. it was just about the sort of territorial Seriously. battle between uh the maximals and the predacons yeah. right yeah for me i'm not the biggest uh transformers fan i definitely watched the first couple i think with shia labeouf Mm -hmm. Um, and Bumblebee has always been my favorite. I didn't actually see the Bumblebee movie, so I should check that out so if you're good. giving it good reviews. It's so good. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. this looks like a classic Transformers movie to me, just adding these sort of animalistic beasts, which look epic. Um, there's a moment in that trailer as a Bumblebee fan does not make me so excited. Oh, no. <laughs> um, it looks like he gets, like, stabbed through the heart, and I yeah. don't know what that means for Transformers, <laughs> but... He's probably no, fine. Death, die. usually? Yeah. yeah. He's probably fine. He's probably okay, he's okay. Gonna, They're not going to kill well, Bumblebee. They, I mean, well, even, if they, even if they did... They, he's had some close calls. Right, but even <laughs> if they did, it's not going to matter, because apparently none of these movies will matter to each other anymore or, or I, you know, I don't know the direction that they're, they're taking this. And I think to your point, Justin, that's kind of where I was with going into this trailer. It's, it, it honestly felt like, um, like a roller coaster for me. Like I was up and down throughout the trailer. I think, uh, super generic starting moment, you know, like in a world, like just, okay, cool. <laughs> We've done that so many times. Um, you know, and then, and then, you know, we get, and then we get Optimus Primal talking to Optimus Prime. And I was like, 
Okay, okay, here we are. Okay, you're 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 getting there for me. Um, you know, the nostalgia of seeing the Maximals like Primal voiced by Ron Perlman, by the way, um, or seeing Rhinox, Air Razor, uh, Cheetor doing that freaking flip transformation. It was so oh, cool. Yeah, like so freaking yeah. dope. But then but then it slowly dawned on me that this still seems like it might be more of a people-centric story and that made me sad no no shade to anthony ramos or dominique fishback but or the rest of the human cast which i'm sure there will be but i just like you were saying justin i just wanted this to focus more on a maximals versus predacons story and when this was announced like a long time ago i was like they're not gonna do it and they're not gonna it doesn't look like that's what they're gonna do here it looks like it is still very much going to be more of a human centric thing and that that awesome battle that we're seeing at the end of this trailer it kind of feels like misdirection. Like, like that's actually going to be, you know, a, a, an opening thing. Like, that's going to be the, or, you know, or, you know, like, that's going to be a fight scene that's not necessarily going to be, like, the majority of the movie. I don't know. I, I just didn't get the vibes from this that it's going to give Beasties fans or Beast Wars fans what they fully want. Um, and I just think that comes from... You know, like you're kind of saying, Justin, the the, the Michael Bayification of of Transformers, Transformers. Yeah. and it's just it's unfortunate because again, I've not seen Bumblebee, but everything I've heard from it, it sounded like that was the right track, and this seems like a step back. Yeah, I, it's it's a fair assessment, but I don't know. It could very well be about about the Transformers and this battle between them and these humans that are kind of caught up with it like that's sort of how the what do we first need the humans for <laughs> i guess is my question yeah right exactly yeah <laughs> they I, live I, there like, that's <laughs> right <laughs> well because because like and and then in the past movies there were humans that were helping you know the, the, yeah and humans uh, have been humans know, have been a part of of some great transformers content in the past absolutely but Mark Wahlberg. Oh, I meant I meant more on the animated side, but but uh, but what are these 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 dinosaurs are turning into monkeys now? Um, oh <laughs> I'm not the best Mark. Justin does a good Mark Wahlberg, um, but I do want to shout out uh, Liza Koshy, uh, who's voicing RC in this one. Um, I'm stoked just to see her. She's kind of gone away. She's really hilarious. She's obviously big on. She was big on YouTube, uh, and uh, and you know I think I mentioned uh, her show that was. Like like a YouTube premium in a watch uh, a while ago called Lies on Demand. Check out Lies on Demand. It's a it's a hell of a lot of fun. It's a really good series um, for the fact that it came out on YouTube Red or YouTube Premium or whatever. Um, but it's great to see that she's in this blockbuster movie um, because uh, she's cool. And uh, I think she should get more work. So, yeah. But... This next trailer, you guys, let's talk about this next one. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I'm so stoked that I even just get to say the title, uh, which we finally have, directed by James Mangold. Uh, The description is as follows. Finding himself in a new era approaching retirement, Indy wrestles with fitting into a world that seems to have outgrown him. But as the tentacles of an evil all too familiar... Sorry. But as the tentacles of an all-too-familiar evil return in the form of an old rival, Indy must don his hat and pick up his whip once more to make sure an ancient and powerful artifact doesn't fall into the wrong hands. This stars Harrison Ford, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Mads Mikkelsen, Boyd Holbrook, Antonio Menderes, Toby Jones, and John Reese davies and is exclusively in theaters June 30th, 2023. 
I this was my favorite trailer of the week, probably my favorite trailer of the year. Uh, I just I, I have so much to say about this, but I'm gonna let you, <laughs> I'm gonna let you guys kick it off. <laughs> what did you think of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny trailer? Well, I think I've seen the first like original Indiana Jones, and then I saw the one with Shia LaBeouf in it. Um, okay, you're a huge Shia LaBeouf I fan here, <laughs> uh, apparently. I do not. I just happen to see I only watch major movies. franchise movies if Shia LaBeouf is in them, is what we're finding out about Meg. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to. Um, but the action in this, yeah. the callbacks to some of the old movies, it looks totally epic. I also adore Phoebe Waller-Bridge, and oh. the moment she popped up in this, I got really excited. I love her <laughs> as the droid in Solo, a Star Wars uh, story, and I have had Fleabag on my watch list forever, and I still haven't seen it yet, and I need to see it, so um, I'm excited to see her in this. I will absolutely see this movie. I think if I hadn't seen the trailer, I probably never would have thought to go mm -hmm. but it, it is now on my calendar for the day it releases <laughs> um yeah this looks exciting i'm so stoked justin yeah i think this is this is classic indie it's an adventure it looks like it very much feels like it's closing out his story um and sending him off for a fond farewell you know with the addition of, of phoebe waller bridge I, I think it's great that it seems as though she'll be probably carrying the torch if they do decide to mm -hmm. continue with the Indiana Jones franchise. I think that's the the rumor, or I don't know if that's the implication. Uh, I don't know. I think it's bound to happen. Um, but James Mangold knows how to how to craft adventure stories, um, and I think that this is going to be a masterpiece of 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 just that a classic nostalgic adventure film that feels fitting for Indiana Jones and and his character. I, I I've seen all the indies. I haven't gone back and rewatched them. I'm not as as much of a committed fan in that aspect, but I have watched them. Um, and yeah, the one that stuck with me the most was the most recent one with Shia LaBeouf because a Shia LaBeouf was in it and be the story was so stupid yep. um so uh, what i what i'm really appreciating about this is that you know rather than going further with aliens in, in indiana jones i think they're kind of um going into the the mystic it's a return to the, form the magic yeah. yeah exactly it's it's a return to what what made indie special i don't know if it was my favorite trailer of of this of this really? weekend I, I would, dude yeah, okay I first off you hear Salah's voice, John Reese davies back again, <laughs> Gimli himself, and just the narration, and then getting to the theme. And when that theme hits, dude, like, we literally just watched this trailer while we're recording. And honestly, like, I just got chills again. Frickin' John motherfrickin' Williams is the man. And and just, it, it gave me... You know, I think four came out fifteen years since the since that movie came out. This gave me Force Awakens vibes. It felt like when I watched is, the Force 100%. Awakens trailer for the first time, yeah. watching this, and like you know, shout out little shout out to Star Wars visually with the with the the Millennium Falcon window that you see for like a brief second. I know it's not the Millennium Falcon, <laughs> or at least I don't <laughs> think it is. Uh, but but the the fact that like there there this just looks like such a love letter to all of Indy's previous adventures. Uh, it looks Steven Spielberg-esque, even though it is James Mangold. And I think Mangold knows how to give us a swan song movie. He proved it with Logan. And I think that's what this is. This is Indiana Jones, the character's 
swan song. It's his final go. It's Harrison Ford's. I'm going to say it. I really don't think he continues to do this again, uh, at least not in a full role capacity. Right. They no. could do they could, you know, three movies with with Phoebe Waller Bridge down the road. He could do like a thing where he's like, I guess I'm back or something. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like they could do like a guest thing or, a, a you know, a, whatever. But I am so stoked to to see, you know, I think just as you were saying, the visuals in the movie look so good. The way it's shot looks so well done and, and they know what they're doing with this. And that's just the, the thing that makes me so happy is that, it, yes, it is a return to form. I think Phoebe Waller Bridge. Like you're saying, yeah, maybe she does move forward. I'm still on the idea that maybe we get a, you know, with the with the Hollywood resurgence that Kihue Kwan has had, um, I think maybe he could show up as like a end credit scene. I, in I, this. I don't. I would yeah, hope maybe to continue I, the adventure. I think, though, I, I think he'll he'll show up and probably have a a very nice cameo. Mm-hmm. On I, I I agree. I think with his resurgence, they should have him in it. Whether he's integral. Whether he's important in any place for the part, he just needs to be in it. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It is very much he is part of of that franchise, and, and it's so. like Indiana Jones yeah. going forward might turn into more of a the world of Indiana Jones, right? This is the the yeah. you know a, and, and a that, group of characters that sort of oh I remember Indy taught me this thing before. Like they could they could really just sort of yeah. play off of the idea uh, and and sort of reuse a lot of those aspects of the original movie and the original character to build out the the world and these characters going forward. Because you know they like money, they like money, and <laughs> you know I think uh, yeah. I don't think it's going to be another eight years. I hope it's not going to be another. How many years did I say it was? Fifteen. I, I know, years? but they have to. They have to. They have to pass the torch somehow properly yeah right like look at how they look at how star wars was handled and how much people revolted against that and how they were very much trying to transition out some of those characters the iconography of indiana jones is harrison ford just like han solo so that that brings me to my my next question does does indiana jones die in this movie I don't know. He could, but I don't think he needs to. Like, I, I don't. I, I. don't think he needs to. If 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 you're thinking that like that's the only way you can move past Indiana Jones, then I guess so, mm-hmm. right? Like, if you if you want to make money off of this franchise, you know what I mean. You're gonna have to kill Harrison Ford's version of of Indiana Jones and pass the torch somehow because that's kind of what they're doing. But the Dial of Destiny is that is it something to do with time? Like, I'm thinking like a time. Like a dial, like, do you think maybe, like, because we're getting a lot of flashback sequences. By the way, shout out to whoever they're getting to do the de-aging in this uh, same guy, dude. movie. You Probably think it, the same guy. Do you think it's Shamook from, from the I, Book of Boba Fett? Yeah. hired him. Right. Lucasfilm <laughs> hired him. So it's like, of course he's going to be the guy that's that's probably killing it. That, that algorithm. But now they have the capability of making people look old and young. Mm-hmm. Uh, like both. Like they they can do both. So, you know. Now it's just it's pretty cool that that that's where we're at with technology, right? With you know being able to do that, but also we've talked about how you need to kind of doesn't always out look right great. Do yeah, yeah, do it in yeah. short General amounts. Tarkin but I think not, I think yeah. this yeah. will be I think these will be um, these will serve as context, context story, and integral right? to the po- the plot as ways to sort of be like we're going to structure the adventure around the previous greatest hits of Indiana Jones. So the idea is that like the reason we're getting these flashbacks is so that we can understand 
what it means for this this story uh, and for this arc of Indiana Jones. And I think that's kind of the route that they're going. The 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 flashbacks will be part of the story, and I think that's I think that has something to do with like a dial, a time dial. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. But I am. <laughs> I am so excited. I'm more excited for this than I ever thought I would be. I only watched the Indiana Jones movies like within the last two years. Um, so I am I'm I'm so stoked. I'm really excited. And again, I didn't think that I would ever feel that that Force Awakens feeling uh, again. And this I don't know. This trailer did it for me. It did it. Maybe it's just John Williams. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, <laughs> but listen, speaking of all the feels. Let's talk about this next trailer because I think we're gonna be feeling some things. Uh, I let's talk about it. Uh, we got the trailer for the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Again, shout out to CCXP twenty twenty two. This is directed by, of course, James Gunn. Uh, the description reads as follows: In Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, our beloved band of misfits are looking a bit different these days. Still reeling from the loss of Gamora, Peter Quill must rally his team around him to defend the universe and protect one of their own. This stars Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, uh, Dave Bautista, Karen Gillan, Palm Clementief, Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper, Sean Gunn, Elizabeth Debicki, Sylvester Stallone, Will Poulter, uh, Chuck Woody Awuji, Michael Rosenbaum, and Maria Bakalova, and will be exclusively in theaters May 5th, 2023. Megan, why don't you kick us off with your thoughts of The Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 trailer. That was a lot to take in. Yeah. Um, I am so excited for the trauma era of Marvel to be over. (laughs) (laughs) This looks like it's going to be really sad. And I'm pretty sure some heavy hitters are going to die. And I'm not thrilled to think that on that list, because I don't think it's just going to be one of them. Mm. I could see... Rocket. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's that it's that moment where Peter's visibly screaming in yeah. agony, and they also show Mantis, and it looks like it's the same scene because it's like they're almost over a table and the white light, and that's what I think it's Rocket. But also, I think we've talked about Dave Bautista doesn't maybe want to do any more, mm-hmm. so he could go... Maybe Groot's going to die again. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think this is going to be pretty tragic, but it looks amazing. Um, I thought we were going to have more of Adam, but it was like a flash of all Will Poulter and then he was gone. Yeah. So um, that kind of threw me because the end of like the end credits stinger was him, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So of, sorry, of uh, Guardians 2. So... I am surprised that he wasn't as integral to the story, at least in the trailer, but I'm sure that will change. I think they're also trying to set expectations to sort of say, like, he's he's a he's going to start off as a villain. He'll become uh, maybe a gray, grayer version of a villain and then maybe more of an antihero um, later on. And I think that's to kind of help audiences understand that the high evolutionary Herbert Wyndham is the villain for this movie. I really think that's yeah. kind of where they're focusing. Maybe a bit of Aisha, um, you know, will kind of come along with the Adam Warlock stuff. Um, but uh, but on your note about Rocket, first off, baby Rocket. I mean, baby uh. Rocket. Oh, my gosh. 
it's baby rocket justin yeah. okay guaranteed 100 percent. it's baby rocket because i think i think the idea with it is that like that's him pre experimented on right that's him mm-hmm. that's him being reached into into the cage i'm sure lila uh will be there lila the otter who we do see hugging him in one of those moments which i actually think is a flashback he looks a lot skinnier in that sequence yeah. i think that is a flashback with him and his girlfriend lila lila is rec- um is is the the name is referenced in guardians 1 as an associate of rocket uh it's just a little visual easter egg but obviously they're making her into a full character here I think that Rocket does die, but I think Rocket dies and comes out of it. I think he comes back. I think he dies for a moment. Let me explain. There's a moment in the trailer where obviously we see Lila. I think that's a flashback, but there's a moment in the trailer where we see uh, Rocket surrounded by glowing white light. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's him kind of going towards the light. And I think he's going to have a conversation with Lila in that moment, who's been dead for a long time who's going to kind of convince him that it's worth going on. And I think I think he's going to come out of it. So yes, absolutely, I do think he dies, but I think it's a fake out. I think he comes back. I think the actual death in this movie will be Drax. I think Drax is is going to, you know, they want him. He wants to move on. Um, we see a moment where he's like shot through the chest in this trailer. Um, so so who knows if, if that has anything to do with it. I could totally see him doing like a... Self, you know, self-sacrifice for the team, go out in a blaze of glory, go back to be with my family uh, moment. And I think that could really, really hit. He'll he'll give some sort of speech about the Guardians being his second family. And they've they've always right. been his, you know, they've been his family for him, but he's now going to see his real family that was taken from him. Um, so yeah, dude, I am, I'm so stoked for this though. I, I can't wait to ugly cry uh, at this, Ugh. at this movie. Um, I, I think there's so many little things in this trailer. I'm curious to know, Justin, your thoughts, Gamora. Um, what's going on with Gamora? Uh, Sylvester Stallone's in the movie. Uh, is she with him with the Ravagers? Think- is that what's going on? I think she's. I think she's with the Ravengers. Yeah. I think that's probably. I think Craglin's now with the Guardians. Clearly, yes. so I'm wondering if she's taking over the Ravengers and and she's leading them, and you know maybe she's kind of doing, and that's how their paths will sort of cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Adam Warlock or or the um, High Evolutionary will be the one that kind of forces them. But yeah, I think what we're going to see is that she's been trudging her own path and doing her own thing, and eventually they'll, they're going to cross over. But dude, the classic costumes, the classic oh, costume in the, in the trailer with the with the jacket, and I love when they land on this uh, on this like suburban town. <laughs> like I'm wondering if all of those those creatures are like from the High yes. Evolutionary. Like if he's the one like that's that's bred all of them, right? So I was I was doing a little bit of digging, and so you know I think James Gunn is going to go full James Gunn on this, and with James Gunn, the music that he chooses is usually indicative of the actual narrative. Like, he finds a way. He's so Mm -hmm. creative with this stuff. And the song that's playing during the trailer is called Resident Alien by Space Hog. So, you know, we're getting the Guardians landing on a planet with resident... It's a residential setting with these aliens. And you have to imagine... I think I saw at least one of them was a space hog, was a pig, a pig (laughs) person. And so this is the high evolutionary planet, um, according to the comic books, Counter-Earth or Half-World. I've always called these people manimals, but apparently they're called new men. Um, And so the, the, you know, the Knights of Wonder Gore is like a storyline that comes with them with with the high evolutionary. Uh, And it's interesting 
interesting because I remember, you know, Wondergore, if that if that name sounds familiar, um, you know, we got to see Wondergore in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, and in our Watch Club uh, episodes for WandaVision, we discussed a cow person named Bova who helped birth Wanda in the comic books, who there was like a little picture of Bova in the back of the, the grocery store in the animated opener for WandaVision. And she is technically one of the new men, one of uh, Herbert Wyndham's, uh, you know, creatures that, that he made. Um, and so it's really interesting because like, you know, again, this movie, you know, James Gunn, Guardians of the Galaxy, taking something that's so insanely ridiculous of a cow lady... <laughs> Helping to birth these two, you know, children. It's like, you know, they these movies help to make these things more normal, I guess, more more uh, more acceptable to modern audiences. And I think it's just so cool uh, the the way that he's he's gonna do that again. I'm wondering if we're gonna get to see Howard the Duck. I don't know Howard the Duck's origin story, but is Howard the Duck? Does he have something to do with the experiments from the High Evolutionary? Like, or maybe that's how they could MCUify that version of the storyline. Maybe not exactly his origin story, but kind of tie it in that way. I don't know, man. I'm I'm so stoked. And the Bowie, the Bowie looks incredible. Darcy was saying he wants a Lego set f- for the Bowie. I so badly want a Lego set. <laughs> we saw it in the in the holiday special. I didn't realize it was as big as it is, but it is huge like it is massive um so i'm i'm so stoked um yeah is there anything else you guys wanted to shout out about this trailer before we move on to the next one no i just want to say shout out to swole groot uh swole groot is he, he, well he, it's for a reason right he's got those eight arms at the end we get the we are groot moment um the only thing that i'm worried about though with this movie is drax's nipples i think his nipples are going to chafe in that suit, and that's going to be a problem. So we'll have to see how long he keeps that. No, they've, they've probably perfected some sort <laughs> some, of nipple Some sort of nipple cover for Drax. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's going to take it off, and there's going to be something on <laughs> that it. That would be incredible. <laughs> like little tassels Dude, if they have something there to like protect his nipples, oh my gosh. Wow. that That's probably my favorite prediction uh, that we've made about this movie. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's get to our final trailer uh, for trailer time. This one for The Last of Us. Uh, this is for the official trailer. We did get the teaser trailer uh, just about, I think it was like a month or so ago-ish. Um, but, uh, but yeah, this one looks so, so good. This is directed, uh, sorry, this is from showrunners Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann. Uh, based on the critically acclaimed video game The Last of Us, developed by Naughty Dog for the PlayStation platforms, the story takes place 20 years after modern civilization has been destroyed. Joel, a hardened survivor, is hired to smuggle Ellie, a 14-year-old girl, out of an oppressive quarantine zone. What starts as a small job soon becomes a brutal, heartbreaking journey as they most... Uh, they must uh, traverse the U.S. and depend on each other for survival. This is starring Pedro Pascal, Bella Ramsey, Gabrielle Luna, Merle Dandridge, Jeffrey Pierce, Anna Torv, Murray Bartlett, uh, Lamar Johnson, Kayvon Woodard, Ashley Johnson, Troy Baker, and Nick Offerman, and is streaming exclusively on HBO Max uh, January 15th, 2023, and it'll be on Crave here in Canada. Uh, Megan, why don't you kick us off for this one? Uh, what did you think of the trailer for The Last of Us? Well, I won't have a whole lot to say. Um, <laughs> this, I'm just for those who don't know, I'm not a huge like 
scary anything fan. <laughs> and um, I think I watched, Nate, when you were um, streaming this mm-hmm. game, Yeah, I think I watched like half an hour of your stream and then I texted you and was like, sorry, I can't keep watching this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I will say the movie looks incredible. The performances look super cool. Um, I don't have any frame of reference to the characters, so I don't know <laughs> how well they're being portrayed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's cool to see Pedro Pascal's face. <laughs> sure. I haven't seen his face in anything. Because he keeps putting recently. a freaking helmet over it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that for the people who have played this game and enjoyed this game so much um i would assume this trailer made an impact and possibly that moment of ellie walking across that city is that a moment in the game oh very much so yeah yeah it felt very reminiscent of what you would have actually played so hopefully they do the game justice because i know a lot of people are huge fans i think that the great thing about this trailer is it really does give something for the fans that of the game to let them know that this is definitely going to have that vibe and and it's going to stay committed to that story but also shows you some of the nuanced differences that it's going to have from the game and just how it's going to structure its story um you know i i i love that you know maybe the people that didn't play the video game uh, would be able to watch this series and, and get something from it that's entirely different from the video game experience. Um, and it is the characters. It is the, it's the idea of what these characters mean and, and what the story means. Um, and yeah, like it seems like they're, they're going to have fun with the way that they're, they're telling it. You know, it looks like the, the side mission that uh, you got uh, from last of us after the initial, the DLC with left behind Ellie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Left behind. It looks like it's, it's going to be featured in this series and and i'm wondering if that's an episode or if if that's told to us through flashback sequences maybe that's very much how we get the stories of 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 each of these characters is through that you know i use air quotes that lost style of shifting the timeline and shifting through the timeline to tell the stories of these characters and how they've come to be where they are because that's very much how we're introduced to joel uh at the top of the game right is is sort of through a flashback Mm -hmm. memory um so you know, again, I, I'm, 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 I'm excited for this movie because it looks like it's going to pay ho- the right homage to the game, but it's just it's going to feel entirely different from it at the same time. Very much so. Very much so. Both of you called this a movie. This is a new <laughs> original <TV> series <laughs> uh, that I am very excited that it is a series because I think I think it's a video with the video games. You have so much time to tell a story. You have so many moments you can give enough storyline within a half an hour of a, of a person playing the game just by having these two characters talk to each other. So the fact that we're getting a series, I think, works so, so well. And I'm happy that it's a series and, and not a movie. Um, but, dude, yeah, they've nailed this. To your point, like, Megan, there's so many moments in this trailer where I'm like, oh, I played that. I played that. But, yeah. but to, to Justin, to your point, Druckmann and, and Mazin have said there will be new surprises for fans of the game uh, that they will that they've actually incorporated storylines and and stuff that they had to cut 
from the plot of the first game. Um, so, so yeah, dude, absolutely. Give me flashbacks. I'm a huge Lost fan. I literally wrote, I have Lost just written down uh, in my notes here um, because I do think <laughs> I, I would really love that. I think, yeah, the Left Behind DLC plot with Ellie and Riley. Um, yeah, make that a whole, you know, flashback, you know, episode of going consistently going back to that. I think we're going to get to see Bill, moments with Bill and, and get to actually meet his partner, uh, Frank, um, and, uh, and, and his, you know, Frank is an, a new sort of, uh, character that they're bringing in for this. And I think the fact that we're seeing him in this trailer, um, the fact that we see David in this trailer, um, and the fact that Troy Baker is part of David's crew is really, really cool. Troy Baker being the original voice of Joel, uh, is, is so awesome. And then Ashley Johnson being the original voice of Ellie is going to be playing Anna Williams, who, uh, is Ellie's mom that we never got to explore in the games. So the fact that we're seeing her hold a little baby Ellie uh, and, you know, Justin, you got a little baby Ellie of your own. So I'm sure those scenes <laughs> are going to really hit for you because she, she absolutely, she's such a stellar actor. And so to see her not in a video game, but here it's the perfect tribute to the character that she's, she's made known right and i think it's so cool yeah. i'm so excited for this and i'm so excited for the bloater at the end of this trailer that looked absolutely terrifying that megan will never watch again she'll just never see that nope. scene ever again <laughs> and with that with that the visual effects do Fantastic. look really good um it'll be interesting to see when what they look like in in the series mm -hmm. cuz you're right it is a series <laughs> i completely forgot That's that all good. um but the 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 mo the game plays like a movie yes uh -huh. so um but yeah, I, I think the the visual effects will be interesting how they how they see how we see that translate, and I also really love that they're kind of speeding up a little bit of the story by involving more of the the um, I guess they were very they were very much involved in the original game, but the people the 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 other people the the people that are 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 fighting for their own survival, um, you know it it looks as though you know we're going to see a little bit more of that you know people at war with each other uh, based on beliefs and who's right and who's yeah, wrong. Yeah, like we could... We could very go, much that playing a part. We could go back, right? We, we could kind of see within within Austin like we could see the the sort of the rebels and and maybe some of those additional characters could be uh fleshed out a little bit more and, and maybe it does kind of move back and forth between uh Ellie and Joel and and some of these other characters um I I you know I think um like we 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 know that we're going to be getting um Sam and Henry as well uh, and we see them in this trailer and they look perfect uh as well so i think that'll be really really cool and also just shout out to freaking uh gustavo santolala like the music for the last of us is incredible and the way that they found it somehow to work in um take take me on uh into this trailer i just was like how did they figure that out um because it's such a usually it's such a positive song and they're showing all this dark stuff happening and it's just it just really works. That contrast really works. Juxtaposition. So good. So freaking good. I cannot wait to talk about this series. I think we'll definitely do a spoiler, maybe finale spoiler episode, I'm thinking, Justin, for, for Last of Us, at yeah. least. Yeah, I think, I think, I, I think, yeah, we, based on everything else that's going on, there's a lot of things up in the air, but committing to a watch club per week might be a big task for this yeah. series. So probably a spoiler I would say we could do a spoiler-filled discussion for the first episode and then come back finale. and finale. Okay. 
um, and see how see how it all goes. Cool. So. Well, I cannot wait for that to be part of my whatcha. But speaking of whatcha, now that we're through trailer time, and that was a massive trailer time. Normally, we only do like three trailers, four trailers. But uh, <laughs> again, thanks to our friends in Brazil for just popping out those trailers. Um, but let's get into whatcha. Uh, Megan, whatcha? Well, uh, as of recently, I have been playing a lot of Pokemon Scarlet. There you as go. many people have been playing a lot of Pokemon <laughs> Scarlet and Violet. And um, it's fine. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, it's like, a, it's Pokemon, mm-hmm. which is classic. Um, they've turned Pokemon into an open world game, so I'll give them credit for that. Mm-hmm. But Nintendo is also responsible for making Breath of the Wild. And I can't understand how they've let these visuals go the way they are. Yeah. Um, Just for me personally, I find it hard to focus on enjoying the Pokemon aspect of it and catching new Pokemon and and having fun there when everything looks like it's still very much in a beta mode and there's no detail. Um, Very horrible frame rate. Mm (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I I'm gonna keep playing it. I just don't think it was worth as much money as I paid for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does still have those nostalgic parts of Pokemon where I, you know, pick up new Pokemon or I see them in the distance and I'm like, oh my god, I've never seen that Pokemon before. Or they're evolving on their own, and I don't have to evolve them on my will sort of right. thing like i i like the surprise aspect of that so there's good things and bad things about it yeah i think the discovery of a pokemon game with new pokemon has always been a really cool thing i i remember messaging you and being like yeah i like the 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 discovering some of the new pokemon not all of the new pokemon designs uh are really doing it for me i think the starter designs are great but then the meet the mid level and final evolutions of those designs are really not doing it for me they're really really just not great um but i will say they did come out with a patch i feel like the patch helped maybe like a little bit a tiny bit um but i will say that the the game itself is a lot of fun um i think it's the idea that that nintendo's kind of just like well, it's it, you know, Game Freak. That's Game Freak. That's on Game Freak. As much as Pokemon is synonymous with Nintendo, I think it's a Game Freak thing, and they're okay to sort of just say they can take the blame for it. And it's just with the with the click that these Pokemon games are coming out, it's just really tough to believe that they've got a team dedicated to actually making it better, as opposed to a team dedicated to just making the next one. Um, totally, yeah. they're they're at this stage of like quantity over quality, which is. Not my favorite way of of dealing with, you know, huge fandom games. Mm -hmm. Like, you got a lot of responsibility in your hands, Game Freak. And I think they've unfortunately disappointed a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still enjoying my time with it. Um, Me too. But but we'll have to wait and see. Maybe maybe there's going to be something that happens that's going to really click for you, Megan. But yeah, if they could give us, if they just could find a way... Honestly, it doesn't even need to be Breath of the Wild. It could just be like what we expect from Pokemon. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the very I don't least. know. Yeah. Um, but Justin, you're you're one of my favorite Pokemon. What's ya? <laughs> um honestly, I I haven't had much time. Baby. <laughs> well, baby and then watching whatever 
is relative to what we're covering. Yeah. So without spoiling anything that I have watched that we will be covering in the mm-hmm. future, that's all I've been really doing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm hoping I can get back because I like there's a ton of movies that are out that are, you know, starting to find their way on iTunes and, and stuff like that that I would like to just rent, sit down and watch. But it's just finding two and a half hours or two hours to do it. Um, that that is it's it's a it's a it's, a it's tough. tough. Thing to do yeah. Like I, I, right I mentioned to you that I wanted to watch um, Bumblebee in order to get ready for us talking about Transformers. I didn't watch Bumblebee. I wanted to watch Weird. <laughs> I still haven't watched Weird. Um, but I have been watching. Uh, a series that I have, I, I thought, I didn't think I was going to put time aside for, and I, I ended up putting some time aside for it. Uh, and that's Welcome to Chippendales, um, which I was like, so like, wait, I'm watching Welcome to Chippendales? Um, it's on Disney Plus. It's it's part of Hulu. Uh, and basically, um, the you know, I, I noticed actually Frank uh, from The Last of Us, who's Bill's partner, is played by Murray Bartlett, who is Excellent in this show, um, and it's uh, it's great. It's starring uh, Kamal Nanjiani, who plays Showman, uh, and he's like the main character. And I guess I was expecting this to feel more like a Magic Mike, but so thankfully it it doesn't. It's not Magic Mike. It's it's so much better than that. Um, it is uh, indeed like a drama, um, and and I think it's just really cool. It follows like sort of his rise of creating this empire of the male stripper troupe known as Chippendales. Uh, I'm only four episodes in, and there is some cheese there. They do these things sometimes where it's like, you know that sort of thing with like biopic miniseries where it's like, hey, that convenient situation has given me an idea. And then it leads to like (laughs) the next cut to the next scene where it's like, oh, that was the inspiration for this part of the story. Like, cool. Like, I, I, I get it. It's kind of, they have to do that to sort of speed things along because it is a miniseries. Um, but there are moments where that cheese sort of took me out of it. But honestly, I think it's the characters. Like, there's characters in this that I want to root for. Showman I want to root for. Um, there's a character uh, named Otis, played by Quentin Player, who uh, wants to be more than just a Chippendales dancer, even though he's phenomenal at being a Chippendales dancer, but he wants to be more than that. And I'm telling you, like, check it out. I was pleasantly surprised uh i don't think it's like the best thing that i've watched uh this year from from uh disney plus but it is honestly it was it's it's really good so far and i'm really been enjoying it yeah i've heard nothing but great things uh about it and yeah it's one of those shows that i definitely want to check out you know kamal nanjiani leaning into a more dramatic role I'm, i'm all for it so so that is it for whatcha uh, we hope you enjoyed this week in Geek, and if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts, and if you want to write into, your, into the show with uh, your thoughts on this week's news or any of the content we cover, uh, well, I'm going to send you over to Mark Wahlberg, Justin, who's going to, he's going to transform into Mark Wahlberg <laughs> to let you know how you can reach us. I, I don't think I can do his Come on, do his you've done it so many times. <laughs> I, I can, but it, 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 you have to practice. And, and sadly, I, I am not practiced up and ready for this. So uh, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or they can reach out to us on Twitter at GeekcentricYT or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Keep in mind, we have a ton of other episodes covering the latest in movies, TV shows, and games out now, including our recent spoiler-free reviews for Willow, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Story, Strange World, Slumberland, and Tales of the Jedi. So go give those episodes a listen and a five-star review if you don't mind. And we also have some interviews out now, like our most recent interview with the cast uh, and um, showrunner of Willow, um, which I just want to make sure I got that right. 
Yeah, sure. And we also have some interviews out now, like our most recent interview uh, with the showrunner and cast of Willow. Uh, and, uh, of course, we'll, we also have more interviews coming. Uh, let's just say they're from a certain uh, blue sequel coming real soon. Uh, so, again, subscribe here. Subscribe on YouTube at YouTube.com slash Geekcentric so you can keep your ears, eyes, and your long braids peeled uh, for what's to come. Uh, let's just say I see you. Megan, Justin, thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. And as we say, love ya. Bye. Peace. <laughs>